0: Mindfulness Mode 232. It's all about leadership, mindset, and culture 100% of the time. And the money is the result of doing the right things.
1: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks again for joining me here, everybody. On Mindfulness Mode, I talk with people from all walks of life to discover so many ways that people use mindfulness to impact their lives. For instance, last time I talked with a scientist who firmly believes in the power of meditation and many forms of holistic medicine. It wasn't always that way. He set out to disprove it. But now he's received award after award acclaiming him as a top scientist. And he's truly a mindfulness expert as well. If you haven't heard the episode, go back and listen to Dr. Russell Jaffe at mindfulnessmode.com slash 231. I have a question. Have you ever had a chance to learn directly from the experts? I'm talking about people like Simon Sinek, Damon John from Shark Tank, Danielle Laporte, Lewis Howes. They're all going to be in Toronto on September 7th, along with other world-class speakers. I'll be there too. I'm an affiliate for the event. I was there last year, and I believe me, it was truly different from any event I've attended. It was a mix of entertainment and learning. It flowed seamlessly. There was music, there was learning. It's described as an annual gathering of mission-driven entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who want to do well by doing good. And this means 100% of the proceeds will be gifted to the Archangel Fund, which is used to provide micro-loans and donations to entrepreneurs and charities, making the world a better place. If you're interested, grab tickets. I expect it to sell out. It's called the Archangel Summit. You can get tickets at Archangelsummit.com. That's A R C H Angel. If you use the promo code I'm going to give you, you can get 40% off. The promo code is mindfulness mode. As easy as that. So use that promo code, 40% off, and maybe I'll see you there. I love talking with today's guest, and I think you'll love hearing it. He had. Unfortunately, a rough beginning, but now he serves as board advisor, chair, and director for multiple for-profit and civic entities. After spending years in the corporate world, he came to the conclusion there just had to be more. As a result, he started the organization Choose Goodness, a company dedicated to helping executives and entrepreneurs focus beyond the financial bottom line. Sit back and relax as you learn about the authentic, generous, and giving nature of today's guest. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on mindfulness mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Lankford. I'm excited today. I've got Tommy Breedlove on the line. Hey, Tommy, are you in mindfulness mode?
0: I am. I am present and mindful.
1: That is cool. So just going to share a little bit about you, Tommy. Tommy founded the Choose Goodness movement to help individuals, leaders, and their organizations increase their positive impact on the world while gaining meaning and attaining financial success. And when you come to financial success, Tommy is the man. He has really achieved a tremendous amount that I can't even go into, but his International practice team won the 2012 Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce Global Impact Award. He's done so much in his life, but basically after 36 years, he says he felt he did not have the permission to choose and the choices he made were out of fear instead of goodness. So that's why he created the Choose Goodness Movement, which is found on Facebook at Choose Goodness Now. So you can check that out right away. But Tommy, I'm just really interested to know, what does mindfulness mean to you? What, is, what would the definition be in your perspective?
0: The definition for me is living in the present moment to your highest truth or to your highest value system. It's not regretting the past or seeking something far off in the future. It's about being right here, right now with whatever you're doing or whoever you're with and just most importantly yourself. That's what it means to me. And it's and it's something that I found when when you were just referring to at that 36 year old age, it was it was something in the form of meditation for me. It was introduced to me and, and I had never even heard of meditation until that point. And so now it's become a part of my life practice and me seeking to be a better human than I was yesterday.
1: Well, let's talk about that fear that you say you had for 36 years. You you felt that you were basing your decisions on fear. Let's talk about that.
0: Absolutely. So um, I I grew up um, what they call a little bit on the other side of the tracks um, into not the most um, loving of households, but everyone did the best they could. Right. And so um, because of decisions I had made as a youth, I ended up in a lot of trouble at 18 years old. And from there, um, basically became scared straight and ended up being the first person to go to school for my family, a, a secondary, you know, a, a, a college type education, um, and ended up because of the choices I made at 18, going to school and then ultimately gaining a good job at a very, I think at the time was the largest financial consulting firm in the world. And so, um, and I ended up because of just working hard, um, seeking outside myself, I gained a lot of over over 16 year period what what we consider the outside stuff i gained some business prestige i had achieved financial success i was at the top of my firm i had been promoted to senior partner made it to the board of directors at a very young age but inside i was miserable and i hadn't dealt with the fears um the tragedies and all the stuff that i as a young man and and basically i was trying to seek outside of myself And so when I looked up at age 36, yes, I had the the big office was at the top of the ivory tower, but I I felt miserable inside. And then I looked behind me and I I could see just a wake of destruction. My family life was in shambles. I wasn't, I was wearing all these different masks of cool guy, business guy, whatever, funny guy, um, powerful guy. And it was all fake. And so I made a decision to seek uh, just a better way of living as a better way of, a, uh, of being a human. And that's how choose goodness was born. It was born literally as an aspirational benchmark for me. And in every decision that I made, it was, did I choose goodness for myself, someone else, my community or the planet? And so it went from a fear-based mindset of not being good enough. Um, the outside looked, you know, I, I wore again, all these masks and the suit and the tie and, and But inside, you know, I was still that little boy seeking to be loved, um, wondering, insecure. Am I good enough? All that, you know, the fear based scarcity mindset. And so I each day of my life now and what I practice in both organizations and leadership and individuals is, is turning that to an abundance mindset, a mindset of love, a mindset of choosing goodness. And goodness comes in a lot of different forms for a lot of different people. So it's it was a complete shift and through that, I actually decided to leave the financial consulting world oh. and basically do it on my own from a leadership level and an organizational level and help them with the power of choices and how those choices uh, change their lives. So that's, that's a little bit about my fear based story.
1: (laughs) Well, Tommy, I want to jump back to the 18 year old Tommy and what were some of those decisions that took you off the rails?
0: Yeah. So, um, I went from being a very nerdy young man. Um, I was the youngest boy in a lower middle-class neighborhood in the South side of Atlanta and when you're the youngest boy in an all-boy neighborhood, you spend a lot of time being emotionally bullied and physically bullied at, at all kinds of different levels. And so, um, and and also within my home life, it wasn't the best in the world. And I'm so close to my parents now. I'm not trying to knock that, but we were all doing the best we could. And so there was no safety for me, um, e- either internally or out externally in the, in the actual on the street. And so what i started overcompensating for that um at 15 and 16 with girls alcohol becoming the tough guy funny guy cool guy running a little bit in the wrong crowds here and there being influenced in the wrong ways and i ended up really hurting someone badly that i've tr- really truly cared about at 18 years old and because of those decisions i ended up in a south atlanta jail so i went from being a tough guy to an 18 year old <laughs> lamb getting ready to be fed to the wolves. And some beautiful things happened to me there, both from changing my life to a sheriff taking me under a wing to a um, a, a, a guy that had been in the system a long time taking me under his wing and he happened to be a, of a different race. And where I'm from, race was a big deal and, and somewhat still is a big deal. Um, and so it was just, a, it ended up being a a tough experience, but a beautiful experience that led me to the path of being scared straight, ultimately ending up in school, et cetera. So that that was just a big moment for me as a person. But again, I didn't deal with the mental and emotional stuff. And and so that same little boy was still carrying through the business world. Right, right.
1: Well, you mentioned bullying. Tell us a story about bullying and how this has affected your life. I've worked in the field of bullying prevention for over a decade. So I'm fascinated in your story.
0: Yeah. So I have so many stories. Um, and ultimately here's what I'll tell you one that, that was just an example. Um, but ultimately what happened to me from the bullying is I went from being bullied so bad for the 15 years of my life to becoming what you don't like. You become the bully. And you didn't you don't realize you become the bully. And so that was such a key moment for me. And it, it's a it's a key thing in my business. And um, I'm huge into equality and, and things like that, because I just think that's a form of bullying. But I remember one of the, the, the biggest things I remember as a young man, and we'll just call him Dwayne. There was a there was another boy named Dwayne in the neighborhood, and his goal in life was to seek me down on a regular basis and beat me up. Um and beat me up publicly. And so other people could see it and show how strong he was. And God knows what he was dealing with in his life to feel like he needed to do that to someone else. But um, it was just a constant state of fear. And when I when I would see him coming down on his skateboard or his bike or coming through my backyard, it, it was just this, this overwhelming fear and, and embarrassment. And you knew what was coming. And there was really nothing at the time that I could do about it because he was significantly bigger and stronger than me. And so it was just really, that was a really tough thing. And for me, bullying, uh, over time, it wasn't about what happens to you physically, it's what happens to you emotionally and mentally. And in the fear that it causes, the insecurity it causes, am I good enough? And embarrassment is a, is a big thing, especially for a young child, it's big for us as adults, but a, as for a young child, it's just a very, tough thing to deal with so that was one of the many things that have happened to me over my life (laughs) um and so but it, it toughens you up and then what you don't realize is overnight you become that bully as well and so that that's just something that um that i choose to make sure that in my life, in, in when I when something like that triggers for me, I, I make sure that again, that I, I get clear, present, mindful, and make sure that I choose the, the more goodness path as opposed to a bullying path. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Even to this day, um, even to this day, how I react when I see bullying, whether it's road rage or someone picking on someone, and bullying happens in politics and business just as much as it happens, you know, to kids on a, on a playground. And so, My initial reaction, Bruce, even to this day, I struggle with this is to show the bully that he can't do that by becoming the higher, the bigger bully, right. And show you, Hey, there is other people out there that are looking out for these, you know, people that need protected. And I don't do that, but it's my first instinctual thing to do. Um, and I have a lot of mentors and coaches and I have this Oak of a wife and I surround myself with great people. And I said, was I being a little bit of a bully there? And they go, I can Possibly be taken that way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so someone who's created the Choose Goodness movement, you know, it's, it's about the choices we make. And sometimes, you know, as long as I'm making seven out of eight great choices. But even that sometimes I, you know, to this day, because of certain things in my past, I, I see those those little demons come up here and there. <laughs> right. Well, and Tommy, you're to...
1: pretty much a financial guru. And, <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's amazing. But some of my listeners reach out to me and they say, you know, I get mindfulness and I meditate and everything else, but I can't figure out the whole financial side of it. I can't make money. I can't seem to provide for myself and my, my family adequately. What would you say to them, Tommy?
0: That they can Um, it's again, that is a a block for them. It's some sort of gatekeeper for them It's it's a fear and and let me be clear fear. It's interesting I was just at a seminar and my background is large-scale corporate financial consulting both buying and selling businesses at the individual level Um, My job for 16 years was to help people make more money um, including myself and so um, it was just really interesting. I was just at the seminar and they had surveyed somewhere between 100 and 500, I can't remember, people worth over $20 million. And the biggest fear of 92% of those people over $20 million was not having enough money. So it's, it doesn't matter how far you get, money is very intimate. It's, a, it's as intimate as family and health. It's something that because of we're in the Western society, we're insecure about. Um, but it is a mindset it, there is blocking and tackling basics that that we can help individuals and people get over But it there it, it is just as much as block as um, fears to, of any other kind So the, the answer that I would give your audience is how do I make more money or can I live a more abundant? lifestyle and I use that word um, loosely because money is not going to bring you that happiness, but it certainly doesn't hurt uh, but it is now I'm more of a holistic type, um, organizational and individual coach where I take all aspects of it. Cause I believe it's one big stew and money's an important part of that stew. And so the money side of things is, is like breathing to me because I was raised around some of the best money people there is. And, you know, I was a CPA for a long time as well. And so what I would tell your, your, your listeners is, is that money is not evil. It's not one of these things that can't be attained. It is a mindset and you can use mindfulness, meditation, mantra. um, You know, there's a lot of law of attraction type stuff and we don't have to go into that that you can literally through your mindset, through your meditation practice, your mindfulness practice, but also your actions. You can, it can lead you to a more a monetarily abundance (laughs) lifestyle. And so it's interesting. I get called into a lot of businesses to come in and help them make money, even to this day. Um, That's, that's usually how I get hired. It's starting to change a little bit because I'm I'm more of a, on, on the individual side, but 99% of the time it's not about cash flow profitability pricing. Do they have the right product? It's it's nothing to do with that It's all about leadership Mindset and culture 100% of the time and the money is the result of doing the right things and so whether it's an individual Person or that's struggling or someone within their business and the choices they've made. It's it's all the same thing There's no difference between that $100 million company looking to make a $150 million company and someone uh, lower middle class or lower class I I don't like using those words because those were labels that were given to me as a kid (laughs) But you know someone who's struggling with financial wealth and the decisions they make uh, there is actionable and executional Steps that you can put into place, but it's also a mindset And, and watch your thoughts Because thoughts become your actions and habits, especially around money
1: Right. Well, that's good advice. That's very good advice. Let's talk about your meditation practice. When <laughs> did it
0: start? What's it look like? How long do you spend? It, it started, it was the most profound start of anything that I've ever, it, it was one of the probably my top five experiences in my entire life. <laughs> um, it started for me as part of my, hey, I want to be a better human being is I went to this uh, facility in Tennessee called OnSite. And it's about learning to, to manage who you are and so i I spent a week there and they gave me a million tools but the first meditation that was ever done was a guided meditation and it was a and i've never done anything like this and didn't even know i was doing a meditation at the time Um, but basically they took you back um, through guided meditations to where you're on a playground and you have a discussion with your younger self and i broke down crying for about an hour, I was unconsolable. And I hadn't cried before that. I, it had to been years and years and years, because I just didn't feel because I wasn't in the feeling business. I was tough guy, money guy, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, from this part of town and look at me, I'm, you know, but I, it was, I was just unconsolable. And so from that point, um, my, my meditation practice is everything from silent meditations to somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes a day to guided meditations. If I'm if I'm working on on, on certain things of my life that I want to improve to intention meditations and some of those are around money and. Um, Uh, To just being more present, more mindful, more gracious, um, a better leader, but not out of ego, but out of just how do I serve humanity? So it's everything from mantras um, and chanting to silent to guided, um, to everything from when I sometimes I remind myself when I get up to even go to the bathroom or to go make a sandwich is do a grateful gratitude practice each step. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Or, or, you know, as you eat, there's, there's meditations I do there thinking all of the people who brought you this food. And if you think about that, um, all the way back into history from the growers to the people who, who helped us learn how to make that food to the bread makers, to the trucks, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different, mindfulness tricks that are in my toolbox. Um, and one of my major goals from a corporate level, because, you know, they bring me in again to help them make money and to fix fix problems, you know, fix business problems, not emotional problems. But again, it's one big stool. But my my ultimate goal is to get people and business people and the leaders of these organizations before they send that email, before they go into that meeting, uh, before they have the big client meeting or, or a meeting to where they have to. Um, For lack of a better word, counsel somebody either out of the business or just counsel somebody. My goal is to bring them meditation and mindfulness practices that they can use Mm -hmm. um, so that they can exercise their brain, exercise their their soul a little bit and make a more uh, informed, value-based emotional decision. The trick, though, is some of these guys hear the word mindfulness and meditation and, and things like that think they're going to have to like go live in a teepee in the woods and, and, and change who they are. And that's that's really not the truth at all. So, yeah. So, so those are the tools that I use for me personally and then um, that I, I teach people now on a, on a regular basis as well.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've really made some major changes. Tell us more about Choose Goodness. What's that all about? Why did you decide to do it? And how are you impacting people?
0: Yeah. And so Choose Goodness, again, originally, um, you know, I didn't have any plans to leave the the financial consulting firms because I just made it to the top. I mean, I was elected to the board of directors at a very young age, and I was by far the youth in the room. And they look like what you think of financial board of directors. And here I am trying to rediscover my soul and emotional health, but it really started as a benchmark. And from there, through a lot of great support, coaching, network, uh, network connections and things, they said you need to take this, not only your background from you know buying and selling business, financial consulting, uh, some of the some of the legal stuff that I know but make it holistic. One thing the business world is missing is a holistic approach to how they live their lives as individuals, the decisions they make from both their employee standpoint, their customer standpoint. And so Choose Goodness has evolved into a movement. Um, and it's got two consulting type movements underneath it. It's got some books coming out. It's got a philanthropic part, but Choose Goodness now is 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 become for me, my part of Choose Goodness is to help lead the movement along with a, a few others, but also to go into organizational, and, and, or w- whether it's an individual or a leader of an organization or an organization, it's to help them, first of all, discover who they are. And we call it, some people call it genius, some people call it higher truth, some people call it purpose, I call it your brilliance, um, to help individuals and organizations rediscover who they really are. And the second thing, and this is so important for businesses and humans, do you have meaning in your life? And that's just not about happiness. It's about significance. And are, do you mean something? Do you stand for something? And you as an individual or you as an organization, are you? achieving that meaning and I can give you tools to help you do that. And the final thing, and this is the most important thing, because businesses at the end of the day are not non-for-profits, it's ensuring financial success. And so whether we're doing individual or leadership coaching or organizational coaching We're giving them to tools through their goodness, through their value systems, through their brilliance, through their meaning. Not only are we changing how we do businesses and who we do it for, our tribe per se, but the ending goal is is for financial success. And at an organizational level, the studies have shown if company, if people really believe in your leadership or your company or you as a human being, they will likely spend up to 40% more for your product than they would a competitor. So there really is some, some, you know, building that zealot or loyal client base or employees, or just you as a human being, you know, living your highest, you know, brilliance, truth, purpose, whatever word you want to use. It's, it's hugely important. So my my part of the organization is to help companies and individuals really achieve those three things and it's, it's through the power of choice and that's at first when i did this i thought goodness was going to be <laughs> the biggest thing of this and goodness means so many different things to so many different people and i i, I the first part of what we do is discovery is to get that out of them you know what does goodness mean to you and how can you live it in all phases of your life and the, the biggest part about this, though, is choice. And so many of um, and it t- typically is men that I mentor. My wife um, does a lot on the women's side, but typically the men, um, especially these executive men or individuals feel because of society, because of pressures, that they don't have a choice or they don't even have permission to choose. And they're stuck between when I'm at work, I feel guilty because I'm not with at home with my family. Or when I'm at family, I'm thinking about the next big client meeting and the balance and choices in that, hey, you can have it all and you can live a fulfilled life and let us show you how. I did it. I did it. This is, I went, um, this is no kidding gross. I went from probably being the most disliked person at the firm or one of them to work in 90 hours a week. I was the guy who wanted to turn the lights off last because that was victory for me, right? I went from being that guy to probably working 35 hours a week to being the most beloved person. My family life, my marriage was was saved. Um, I started attracting really positive people in my life, literally working 35 hours a week and kept getting promoted even up to the highest level and even making more money just by living my particular goodness or my particular truth. And so wow. I am a living example of it can be done. <laughs> and I want to teach amazing. people how to do that.
1: <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. And we can follow you on Twitter at Choose Goodness, at yes. Choose Goodness right at, there at, on Twitter and as well on Instagram too. So make sure that you, you connect. Now, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Tommy. Here's the first one. Who is one person? Who has influenced your mindfulness
0: in your life? Nancy Vito, my life coach. And how has mindfulness affected your emotions? How have they changed? It made me from a fear-based to a loving-based person. I start with love now 90% of the time as opposed to a fear-based mentality. So tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Oh, breathing is my mindfulness. So it starts it, it starts there and goes back to there no matter what. If I find myself in a planning mode or remembering mode or a future mode or um, I always go back to the breath and start with the breath. And I find myself when I get, like, like I said, my, my, my urge is to become what I used to was. It's, it's hard sometimes even for me. I find myself if I take a moment to just breathe get back in my body and also have gratitude for your breath because at the end of the day, it's actually what keeps us alive. Um, and so breathing to me is is everything. And so it's everything about how I live my life and, and the choices I make. It, it starts with the breath.
1: So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Or maybe in your case, it would have something to do with the financial aspect. I don't know.
0: So we—it's um, interesting. We're coming out with a a meditation mindfulness book for the business person, and so that'll be good. And so I guess my—I—I I, I think I see behind you. I, I can't make out the title, but I see wherever you—is that what a John Cabot Zen book? Yes, it you? is. <laughs> I love that book. I absolutely yeah. love it.
1: Yeah, that's a great book, um, isn't it?
0: Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. I thought that's what it was. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a beautiful book. Um, it is the one that I from a practical standpoint and a humor standpoint is the gentleman from Google, uh, Search Inside Yourself. I I think his name is Chade Ming Tan. I hope I didn't butcher that too much. But I really love that mindfulness book. Um, And what I found interesting about meditation and mindfulness is is some of the people that we uh, we see as great in this world, especially from a business standpoint, I would say 95% of them practice some sort of meditative practice. And, and, it, and it's key for it's key for for my success as well. But I really love the search inside yourself, Che um, book, and I also love the, the book you have behind you. Those are probably two of my favorite.
1: Yeah, I like search inside yourself as well. Can you share an app which could help our listeners be more mindful?
0: You know, I don't actually use technology. Well, that's not that. Let me, let me be clear. That's not true. I just thought about that. I have an app, so it's not my app, but I actually love the Oprah and Deepak meditation challenges they do. And so they have an app that, um, on about four times a year, they do free meditations and they're usually around something that people are working on that they can actually use. And there's some, there's some teachings in there too. So I really love the app that they have. And I think it's through the show for. Center that they could download the app. My thing is we're so connected, social media, TV, books. Um, I, I try to, my mindfulness practice is, is more away from technology than in technology. But it works for a lot of people. I, I believe my wife uses several apps, so she would have been the better one to ask. I should have asked her first, so forgive me. But I really no. do like the 21-day, the, the four times a year, the Oprah and Deepak uh, series. I really enjoy that.
1: Yeah, it's great. I like it too. So tell us, what does goodness mean to you, Tommy?
0: Goodness, it's it's really the golden rule for me. Treating others how I would want to be treated, uh, being present, um, being better than I was yesterday, and just living my highest truth and value systems in every decision that I make. Um, and the, the biggest part is... Uh, did live a life of gratitude and love. And I know that's a little foo-foo and woo-woo for a lot of my business clients, but when they practice it, it just the success from both personally and financially just comes to them naturally. So we we can actually do business from a place of goodness and not from a place of competitiveness. It it, it really can be done. I've seen it. (laughs) So that's what goodness means to me.
1: Well, that's that's great. Now, Tommy, tell us how mindfulness can reach out and connect with you. Tell us how Mindful Tribe can can even connect with you more.
0: Yeah. So um, there's there's various ways you can email me at Tommy at Choose Goodness Now. You can um, we have a book coming out and there will be a landing page on my website sooner than later. Um, if, if you want to check out the book that we're and it's a little bit about the story of my life and the tools that I've used to overcome some of the things I've overcome both personally and professionally and how you can apply that from a holistic stew standpoint. So that's one way. Um, the the easiest way again is to email me, Tommy at choose goodness now, um, or look us up on the website or follow us on social media. And I will respond to you. Uh, and I look forward to hopefully learning it. You know, I'm all about not only teaching and mentoring, but I love being mentored. So I, I find that I learn stuff from every single person. And if there's a new practice that I can try, I would love that as well.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Tommy. Really appreciate it. And all the very best to you. Yeah, you
0: too. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And and I love the work that you do. And I love this. And I I look forward to following you and your followers for for many years to come. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Tommy. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye.